Hi everyone, poor audio quality Peyton here coming before the show really starts. Just to uh, let you know on this episode, obviously, as you probably inferred from the title, we're going to be dealing with serious topics, of course, death, uh, you know, a major terror attack, and the details surrounding it, as well as in this beginning section we tackle the current abortion law issue. So I just wanted to give some, uh, you know, forewarning um, about those topics for everyone listening. Um, of course, going into this, you know, 9-11 is, it was a terrible event that a lot of people died in. Um, but I think as you'll see in this episode, if you give it a chance, it's really about examining how, just like with, you know, everything from Vietnam to Iraq to currently COVID, how it's those with power um, trying to sustain hegemony, putting uh, innocent individual lives uh, at mask risk and ending up hurting a lot of people. So just try to keep an open mind with this episode. Try to know that it's coming from a place of wanting to really challenge the conventional narrative and challenge the, the, power, the power structure that exists and how it relates to this uh, act of, of violence that occurred 20 years ago. Anyway, I uh, hope you enjoy the episode. On with the show. All right, Austin. I'm I'm doing a I'm doing a before intro before the before the intro music uh, oh. section again, like oh. last week I did. Um, of course, as from scene from title uh, and date of release, this episode is is on nine eleven. Uh, I've heard of that. A film, but also the real one. Uh, but. Before we got to that, I wanted to discuss, I wanted to mainly just shout, uh, and you can jump in if you want, uh, I, I wanted to, to get irate about a, about, a, um, about a current topic, about a current okay. cultural a news, a news story. Uh, I'm, I'm speaking of, of course, the recent uh, abortion law in Texas. <sighs> And the subsequent Supreme Court, um, I don't know what, 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 how you'd describe it, the, the Supreme Court approval uh, of said law. Um, yeah, so, you know, obviously not good. Uh, I, think no. that's, I think that's fair to say. That's a not yeah, that's good. A thing, overall. Th- that's a not good. But, uh, you know, I just wanted to say that it's like, you know, after that happened, you know, I saw a lot of, of course, I'm sure you saw as well, saw a lot of immediate um, finger pointing specifically at the left, uh, which I thought was completely stupid. A lot of, uh, this is this is why, so, like stuff like, this is why you shouldn't have voted for Bernie in 2016 or something. Like right. blaming, blaming Hillary's loss, again, who won the popular vote, might I add, but uh, uh, Hillary's loss on, on squarely on the left and not on the fact that you know they picked a, a widely unpopular person uh, and ran a campaign that was also fairly ineffective um, in many ways, you know, in terms of the electoral college and swing states. So you know, it's I'm just really frustrated because it's like it's this terrible thing, and yet these pundits on you know Twitter and the news and whatnot. Uh, etc they're they immediately like they're still not going to diagnose and like point out the real cause of this 
because like you know the real issue here we have it is a democratic majority in sure. washington in congress it's democrat controlled and of course in the presidency and now you know so if they wanted to prevent this they could now i know people are already saying you know Oh well, you know, Mansion and Cinema caused you know a, a holdout in the in Congress and aren't letting stuff be passed. You you know if if that was a if those were say there were two Republicans preventing a Republican Congress from making anything happen, they would be whipped in line like immediate. Like it, it's only it's only out of ineffectual uh, compromise masturbation uh, that the Democrats let that happen. Mm-hmm. And also like. Every, these 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 neoliberals are so obsessed with the rules both the politicians but mainly their their cheerleader supporter checkmark twitter liberals are oh, so yeah, ob- like like trying to be like the bigger person or they're, whatever the fuck well they're so obsessed with these rules that if you say they literally have control of the government if they wanted to do something to prevent this they could they say well right. they can't because of this and it's not they can't just do whatever they want they literally can if they wanted to and they weren't worried about public opinion i mean yeah. that's what biden did with with afghanistan the one good thing he's done he's 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 completely like for the most part ignored a lot of the the media backlash and just said no we're leaving and that was that yeah. he could do the same thing in terms of this abortion like he could they it's could choice it's been almost a year you know it's been over half a year of him in office he could he could have packed the he could have uh, expanded the courts uh mm-hmm. you know he could have any number of ways blocked this from happening he could have himself come out against this and and said we're bringing legislation to uh counteract this this bill but they they haven't done anything uh and it's and it's you know it's just telling because like they they they're not playing by the same rules that their opponents are no not at all aren't playing by the same rules that the left is and the left barely exists to begin with like it's not much of a left but i'm saying like like the right doesn't play by the rules that the Democrats think they're held to. Well, and the reason is because on some level, the the Democrats like this happening because then when they're campaigning, they can say, oh, you have to vote for us. We're the only thing standing between Roe v. Wade uh, and and it being abolished from the entire country. They're, they like this <laughs> yeah. because they can say, oh, look what it's happens. A point. Yeah, look what happens when you don't vote for us. This is all still from 2016. Look at all this continual fallout, despite the fact that if they wanted they could have done many many things by this point to fix it Uh, it's definitely just a choice they're making at this point right and in addition to that it's a further indictment of the fact that we have an unelected high council of of fucking like legal decreeing elders who just get to decide what is and isn't allowed in the country based on nothing but their own interpretation of the law not on popular you know not on not on public opinion because abortion is like widely favored public opinion it's like 70 30 or 80 20 or something approximately Yeah, something like eight out of every ten Americans support abortion rights. Right, but but it doesn't matter because we have this fucking league of elders who just get to decide. Uh, and once again, that just further strengthens needing to expand the court with an ultimate goal of getting rid of it. Because, like, I mean, it's just a horribly outdated and and ridiculously undemocratic mode of uh, of governance. Not to mention the fact that these these elderly cretins especially the 
so-called liberal ones get power and then refuse to retire even when they're fucking turning to dust while on the court and then of course they they wait like like with Ginsburg uh and and die while uh Republicans in office then leading to more right-wing judges getting placed on the board and it all just goes back to to a gen, a general care from these so-called liberal politicians on the court and in other facets of just mm-hmm. not caring enough to put aside either their own wants or you know their own obsession with civility and actually you know do something that's going to have a positive impact uh, on people's rights in this country. Yeah, it's constantly infuriating. Like, I always just, I feel, like, helpless as fuck. Because there's literally nothing we can do, like, at that point about the Supreme Court. And I just, I'm angry all the time. Right. And and now in Texas, it's going to become fucking outlaw bounty hunter land, but about abortions. Yeah. It's going to be like the, the fucking, it's like the Mandalorian, but about hunting down pregnant women trying to the get thing, abortions. And then, like, when you equate the fact that abortion rights like as a as a talking point or like uh, like outlawing abortion as like as like a thing for the right came about because of white supremacy right because like they figured like some like conservative shitheads back in the day figured out that 60 percent of all abortions were from white parents so they're like well if we want to like maintain the white majority we need to outlaw abortion right yeah so it's just it's just bad from all sides right now and just further prove that this country is just like descending into the into the fires of hell both literally mm-hmm. as the west is on fire and the east is is underwater uh but also uh symbolically uh with these draconian bullshit laws uh getting passed and not facing any uh true any any actual uh you know opposition from from those in power on you know on the liberal specter uh, spectrum anyway okay so that's enough of angry that's enough that's that's the situation uh if you're um against uh abortion uh fuck off play the intro episode baby how you okay. doing how you doing my boy oh yeah i'm pretty tired all the time but other than that pretty good i feel you i feel you much the same here uh my friend it's been i'll say i i in my opinion it's been a uh been a lot going on in the in the news i feel like uh yeah i've noticed i feel like when we started this podcast Things were kind of politically like it was the real back to brunch days, so to speak. Oh, um, yeah, absolutely. But but over the course of this podcast, now we've had like this resurgence of of COVID and you know Afghanistan, and we've had we're like just getting right back into you it. know every all, uh, politicians resigning, and now we have the recall election in California. Like we said, abortion. But all of that being said, of course, all of that is happening. 
today we're taking it back a little bit. We're yeah. t- twenty. How far are we taking it back? Twenty years back, oh. in fact. Twenty, 20 years. years, and now do you know what? Well, that's you know, my brother was born twenty years ago. What what year was that then? Oh, that was two thousand one. Two thousand one, a space odyssey. Yeah, exactly. Or should I more accurately accurately say, for today's episode, it's more like two thousand one, a, a uh, Bush Odyssey. Because today, as it is just a couple days away when this comes out, um, it's going to be the twentieth anniversary of the. 9-11 terrorist attacks or more like 9-11 terrorist attacks question mark uh on well i mean i guess in one way or another i mean you know someone was a terrorist whether or not they were from another whom, country whom it was thing. yeah but uh it's the 20 20 years since those attacks and so today that is our topic and uh primarily um well not primarily but initially I was going to be using the film, 2017 film, 9-11, as kind of a framework for this discussion. Of course, I'll tell you right now, this film, 9-11, starring Charlie Sheen, uh, Louise Guzman, and Whoopi Goldberg uh, in, the main ro- in some of the main roles, uh, not good. Um, can I just say something about Louise Guzman? Yeah. I literally just watched an episode of Community that featured him. Yeah, he's in last an episode, night. and they build a statue. And yeah, well, the statue was already there, and um, that's just funny that the movie we're talking about. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, he's great. Everybody loves Luis Guzman. Yeah, he's a his great accent, dude. I love a Puerto Rican accent. He's a he's a one of the Beautiful. best, one of the greatest character actors of our generation. Um, yeah. but I'll tell you, Austin, this nine eleven movie. Uh, it's not good. It's pretty bad. Mm, okay. Pretty. Not only is it bad, it is. Uh, it's it's the worst kind of bad because it's overall just boring. Uh, oh, and how do you make a boring movie about nine eleven? Well, I'll tell you. You uh, film it all in in a in a boring green screen studio uh, in California, and you set the majority of it inside an elevator. Hmm. So I'll talk about this film some, sure, but I also am gonna. It's not gonna be as film focused this episode because okay. I've also been learning a lot. I've been I've, I have a lot of wisdom to to bestow upon you, my friend, about some of the strange occurrences, but uh, leading up to and about these attacks uh, and. The validity of them. We're going to be talking about did Bush do 9/11? What are the what are the facts? What are some of these arguments um, about 9/11 and the conspiracies therein? As this is Conspiracy Month, uh, episode two. Conspiracy Month. So first off, Austin, let me ask you where I normally would ask you what do you know or what do you think this movie might be about? I'll ask you: Are you aware of 9/11? The movie or the event? The the event. I'm vaguely the TV the TV event of the season. (laughs) It very much was in that fall. I've been doing sweeps, right? Yeah. Um. So I was. I guess I was like, almost four when nine eleven happened. Right. 
Um, so at the time, obviously, I didn't understand the significance of it. Mm-hmm. But now, I don't get. I don't get what the big deal is. Sure, but you are you are familiar with it. I'm not blindsiding you here by telling you that on September 11th, 2001, uh, there th- four planes were hijacked. Uh, two of which were flown into each tower uh, of the yeah, and then that guy trade with the center. bag of money like jumped out the back over Seattle, right? No, that's dif- different plane uh, escapade. That's the only that's, hijacking I'm aware of. This is a new one. That's DB Cooper. That happened in the seventies. Hmm. Uh, okay, well, this is news to me. <laughs> right. I think you got your wires crossed. There were two planes that went into two towers, much like Lord of the Rings. Right, I've heard uh, that. If you're familiar with those films. Well, we watched them together. Of course. Uh, and then one plane went into the Pentagon. Very right. interesting. We'll come back to that about the tech, the the pilot pilot wizardry of flying that plane into the Pentagon. We'll come back to it. Yeah, I've heard there's some fuck shit with that. And then one plane supposedly was uh, heroically re uh, unhijacked. Unhijacked, good good term there. Lowjacked. Uh, rejacked by the passengers off. and crashed into a field. Apparently, they didn't know how to land. Uh, right. Crashed into a field in Pennsylvania. Did anyone survive that one? No, they all okay. dead. Uh, so well, at least it was heroic. We'll get to that one as well because there are some <laughs> interesting things about that as well. Uh, but that is nine eleven, and of course, it very much colored the the next. It's colored our twenty years of the United States history since then, um, in many ways. I'm sure you're aware. Just I feel like nine um, eleven had a very similar cultural impact to losing the Vietnam War. I that's. Decent, I would say a decent cultural signifier. It very much, I'd say 9 11, uh, I'd, I'd say almost a better, um, a better, I'd say losing the, the Vietnam War is more in line with our, uh, losing the invasion of Iraq. Uh, <laughs> while I'd say 9 11 is more like our Kennedy assassination, yeah, of the, of the turn of the millennium. Now, sure, sure. Let's just go over here some, and we'll come back to them at some point as well, but for now, let's just go over some of the results of 9-11, all right? Okay, so, tell me all about it. Hit me with the figures. So, of course, we had uh, the Patriot Act passed, so that basically everyone... Uh, the Patriot Act, I think, is so funny because the acronym is insane. I think we've talked about this on an episode. I've mentioned it on the podcast because it, I think it's so funny that... They literally came up with a phrase and then, like, let's make it an acronym. Right. They wanted, I think they just wanted to call it the Patriot Act and they just had to figure out words that spelled out Patriot in the first letter. Oh, for sure. It's like a backronym more than anything. Right. Uh, What was it again? Do you know what it is? Oh, um, hold on one second. Look it up. Because I didn't, I don't think I knew that it was an acronym until you told me. Yeah, and I had only learned... Okay, it's the Uniting and Strengthening America by Providing Appropriate Tools Required to Intercept and Obstruct Terrorism. So right. it's the USA Patriot Act. Okay. And that's hilarious. I It makes me smile because it's so fucking stupid. The USA Patriot George Washington 1776 <laughs> Act of America. It's just like the longest fucking act. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so of course, Patriot Act passed, making it legal for the United States to, uh, hack into every single person's webcam and watch them while they jack off and poop 
on the toilet. Uh, yeah, they, they've caught me a couple times. Of course. Uh, also, expansion of the powers of the executive branch. Going back to what we were just talking about, about Biden having the ability to overturn uh, this abortion, anti-abortion law from uh, Texas, the executive branch's powers were expanded vastly. Uh, these expansions were also upheld by subsequently by Obama and Trump. So, and I, I would assume Biden as well. Um, but um, what else? Uh, of course, we had our immediate, almost immediate invasion of Afghanistan, which uh, of course now has ended after 20 years. But then yes. also two years later in 2003, of course, we used uh, all of this surrounding uh war on terrorism subsequent of 9-11 to invade Iraq as well. And those are right. all just, of course, a uh, tip of the iceberg of, uh, you know, of, of many, you know, consequences, you could say, or results. So, um... Not to mention that, like, the pilots or whatever were from Saudi Arabia. Right, like, right. Didn't the hijackers. Right, right, of course. Like... Well, Saudi Arabia is, is like not saying Saudi Arabia was responsible. No, for it, no. But like, I'm well. I mean, they they. It's just like if you if you are to you know if if we are just going by you know no conspiracy, just exact story as it is. Uh, yeah, no. Saudi Arabia is very much. Uh, it, it's as much. It's more at fault than than Afghanistan or Iraq ever yeah, was. Absolutely. Uh, but of course, we did nothing because Afghanistan is our you know uh, our our buddy in terms of of. Of trading and, and oil and right. politics. So um, now, uh, Austin, uh, are you familiar at all with with any of the conspiratorial uh, facts around uh, leading up to nine eleven or on the actual day? Um, I know. George Bush was at an elementary school in like Florida or something. Yes. And he was reading to children. Yes. Um Isn't there some like weird shit where he Oh, no. I don't know if this is true or not. I just like saw it on some bullshit like fact Instagram on the Discover page that like apparently Jeffrey Epstein had like a painting in his possession of George Bush sitting on the floor and there were like two Jenga towers and one of them was knocked over and he was holding a paper airplane. I have no clue, but that's I don't that's know very if that's funny. Or not. Like that's... I've seen the picture, but I I didn't see if there was like a source attached to that. That's if it was like very funny. I would like to believe that it is true, but I will do no research. I'm gonna look into. Oh, okay. it I was moment. just gonna take it fully on surface value. I would love it if out it of was pure real. hope. Oh God, yeah. Um... Many believe Jeffrey Epstein flew the planes himself, somehow escaped, parachuted out at the last moment. <laughs> Fucking D.B. Cooper shit. Yeah, back to D.B. Cooper. Um, we're bringing it all around to Dan Cooper. Fun fact, his name was Dan Cooper, and a journalist just got it wrong. Yeah, yeah, that is true. That is um, true. Anyway, sorry, sidetracked. Uh, uh, conspiracy shit that I know about 9-11. Um, I've been to the museum in New York. Right. And um, the museum does a really good job of making you sad for the people that died. Right. Well, I mean, because, because that I am sad for them. They were innocent. Right. You know, I mean, in regar towers, sucks, regardless dude. of if there was a conspiracy, if the government at all had foresight or was involved, regardless of all of that, um, you know, it's it's unequivocally unequivocally sad that this 
large amount of people died uh, who were completely innocent, uh, you know, most of them just, you know, uh, going about their day. Uh, and I, that's what I wanted to bring. I wanted to bring this up because I was thinking about this. Um, there, There is a lot in our modern culture. I feel like talking at all about 9-11 as a, you know, seriously, not just joking about it, but seriously discussing the possibility of, of you know, conspiracies related to 9-11, I feel like is very much still, even in today's, you know, even in 2021, is very much a taboo, is very much seen as, like, only something for, like, the most, like, fringe of crazy, uh, you know, people, you know, conspiracy nut jobs and etc to yeah. talk about it's very taboo yeah, no one ever takes it seriously like if you actually like try to talk about it it's like no like people are gonna judge you yeah it not it not only is it taboo but it's like looked down upon as like you know uh almost like offensive which i mean i don't understand because it's not like okay it's not like covid vaccine conspiracy where you're actively preventing something that is is being done to or at least you know if you were to if which i do if you believe the uh you know the government line it's being done to protect people 9-11 conspiracies like no one is being hurt by them and no one like no one is blaming the victims in 9-11 conspiracies right if anything 9-11 conspiracies are like more like it's shedding it's it's for the benefit of the victim because if our country if our government was somehow involved with this terrible act then like you know that's even worse that our government was responsible for the deaths of thousands of american citizens so i never got this whole you know this whole you know taboo and 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 you know so-called offensiveness of of 9-11 conspiracies because if anything I mean, is it not believable at this point with all we know about our government to at least want to question the conventional narrative of something that has had, like we said, probably the most wide sweeping effects on American power and and government for the last 20 years? And I think no, because, you know, with what all we know about our government it's not like they haven't either been complicit or involved with uh, with things in the past of this yeah, magnitude. Like fucking MK Ultra, like the government has actively kidnapped American citizens and like fucked with them and tried to like use mind control drugs on them, and that's like you can read about that on government sources, right? And so, you know, I think I mentioned this last time, but, you know, we have nothing but, you know, reverence and respect for the people who died. Yeah. Uh, but in that, you know, I'm sorry if anyone listening to this, especially the people who may know me more personally, think this episode and the things we talk about somehow, you know, puts me in the light of being some sort of conspiracy nut or something. But, you know, I think these... Uh, these facts and these inconsistencies are worth at least, you know, thinking about about and talking about as, you know, as citizens, as especially those coming from the left, uh, you know, in viewing how this attack, uh, the repercussions of it, because wide sweeping, 
repercussions of this of this attack are, are you know some of the most long-lasting and wide-sweeping right-wing policies and actions of the last 20 years um so with that in mind you know i think it's completely valid to talk about uh these conspiracies not you know and, and just discussing them yeah no absolutely <laughs> to the attacks themselves, I want to bring up sort of the lead up to 9-11. And can I say about the painting? Yes, the the Epstein painting? Yeah, so apparently Epstein owned this painting and it shows George Bush sitting cross-legged in his office holding a paper airplane and there's two collapsed Jenga towers in front of him and and a second paper airplane on the ground next to one of them. Um, it was painted in 2012 by a master's student at um, some school for art. I can't remember which one. She was getting her master's in, in art or something and um, at the, as part of her thesis. And um, so she was doing it as like a political piece. And then the pieces, the paintings, like that one and another one were like auctioned off um, right. as part of it. And uh, it was sold to an anonymous donor and she did not know it was Epstein. Wow. Huh. So it's not like a weird conspiracy thing that was painted before. Right. But it is funny. Right. Huh. Well, that's very interesting. Anyway, this was explaining to Austin. Thank you. Uh, End of episode. That's it. Um, That's it. Okay, so if you look, or if, you know, based on the 9-11 commission and, you know, if you look, the the, the general consensus after the fact of 9-11 is that why was this able to happen to, you know, basically the most advanced country, uh, you know, right now, the most, with with the most ruthless, yeah, ruthless, I can't, that's a word okay? I cannot say, I'm having ruthless, ruthless uh, intelligence agencies who basically, you know, nothing happens without them knowing about it. How did this attack happen? on u.s soil and and the the common line is that it is you know a failure of communication between the agencies but namely between the cia and the fbi specifically there was or i'm not sure if it's still in existence or what but cia alex station was the cia base of operations that was pretty much established uh to follow uh and keep tabs on al-Qaeda and um, Muslim extremist terrorism in the, from the Middle East. Um, and so this station was set up for that sole purpose, and it even had FBI agents assigned to this very post to facilitate um, the sharing of information between 
um, the agencies. And I, it, once you look at all of these details, and I'll say right now, the, the main source of a lot of this information I'm getting, it, um, I've, I'd say it's about three-pronged there, is first off, a website called historycommons.org, and this is a nonprofit that the website, at least at the moment, seems to be down, and I don't know if it's permanently down or temporarily, but I was able to find it. It's all cataloged on the Wayback Machine, thankfully, okay, from okay. Internet Archive. And Shout this is a nonprofit organization with basically the most comprehensive timeline of the events leading up to 9-11 and on the day of um, compiled. And literally every single part of the timeline along the way has multiple sources uh, cited for you know the the piece of information so it's not some random blah it's well uh researched well cited um information uh specifically i'll say that it was it's um fiscally sponsored by the um center for grassroots oversight um which is kind of a citizen journalist uh organization um and you know it, it was it's it had been worked on it's been updated and worked on for for a long time and it's very solid source of civic journalism and also i would mention if again this is very much tip of the iceberg just kind of me telling you and telling the audience about sort of you know the very the very you know just small amount of of details there is a wonderful four-part series on the on 9/11 on the podcast True Anon, where they go into detail before uh, the attacks, leading up to the attacks, on the attacks and afterwards. I would recommend that. And then for more of the angle on the uh, national, the military response, specifically going into afghanistan and iraq i would suggest the first season of the podcast blowback which details basically the our lead up and reasoning for the invasion of iraq and the the invasion proper um all of these sources very good uh coming from you know well-researched um you know left-wing uh commentators so uh where was I? Back at this Alex station for the CIA. Um, and all of those links for the... I'll put links to all of those in the show notes. Um, this Alex station was basically so set up to keep tabs on Al-Qaeda and facilitate information share. But what becomes very, very apparent uh, when you start looking at all this is that uh, basically this CIA, this Alex station, but also our, our you know intelligence community at large, was basically a black hole for... for all of these warning signs about 9-11. Uh, specifically, hmm. the Alex station, I want to say by way of like, I think they got information through out of Saudi Arabia or, or through an informant, they got word that some of these suspicious people who literally ended up being some of the hijackers um, on on some on, I can't, I think I want to say maybe Flight 77. Um, it wasn't, uh, Muhammad Atta, which I want to point out, why is he the only one you ever hear about? You ever notice that? You know Muhammad yeah, Atta? Yeah, that's the only name he's that like, I know. He was, like, obviously there were, there were, like, I think two guys on each plane, and obviously there were four planes, but all you ever hear about is Muhammad Atta, and I don't know why, but 
that's besides the point. I just thought that's weird. It's like he got the spotlight. I, 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 the other guys, you think they were like mad at him and the afterlife, if there is one. Yeah. They're like, fuck you. <laughs> we did the same shit. No, I think um, they contacted their lawyers beforehand and made sure that um, their names weren't going to be used. Oh, very good. Very clever. They con- they had uh, they had their uh, um, their what's... publicity team right their their um, shit. What am I trying to think of? Like their supernatural lawyers who deal with <laughs> matters of the afterlife. Anyway, though, literally, CIA got word at the Alex station that these suspicious characters had visas, and this information gets transferred to the FBI agents at the Alex station. But and when these FBI agents from the Alex station say they gave this information to the FBI proper, uh, this information basically never gets anywhere. Um, to the point where one of the main people at the Alex station, uh, Alfreda Francis uh, Bukowski, who is the, a good name. She is the basis for Jessica Chastain's character in Zero Dark Thirty. Mm. Uh, and the so-called torture queen of the CIA. Mm. Mm. Uh, she herself lied to these agents and said she, like, hand-delivered this info to the FBI for them, and yet nothing about it ever came out. Uh, one of one of the, not the main, like, head director, but, a, but an executive director of the CIA at the time, Richard Blee, uh, literally is quoted, and, and this there's literally a political article, you can look it up, from uh, the summer of 2002. He was quoted in saying, quote, the attacks will be spectacular. Hmm. Uh, and he was saying, Bin Laden, uh, Bin Laden determined to strike in the U.S., um, which was what a brief George Bush got on August 6, 2001. Um, and this guy, George, or not George, but Richard Blee of the CIA, um, in that summer of 2001, basically was quoted, like I said, the attacks will be spectacular. He seemed very eminently, uh, to believe or to have knowledge that there was going to be an attack on America, but yet still no visas. There were no, none of the, none of the hijackers had their visas revoked. Furthermore, and I this is like this is legitimately like funny as shit to me. A flight school out of Phoenix, Arizona, uh, contacted the FBI because specifically they said they had these people training at their flight school who they had they were doing very strange like training uh, that made the the flight school suspicious. They contacted the FBI uh, saying, "Hey, maybe you should look into these guys." Uh, nothing, nothing was done at all. Oh my God. And I know similar occurrences were happening in Florida. I'm not sure if this was in Phoenix flight school or similar occurrences in a Florida flight school, but, uh, one of these, uh, people that raised alarms turned out to be Hani Hanjor, who was the, uh, one of the hijackers, like literally one of the hijackers. Um, basically he was so bad. He was, again, he was one of the hijackers who flew flight 77, which is the one that went into the Pentagon. We'll come back to that. But apparently he was so bad at one of these flight schools that the flight school owner contacted the FAA about him having credentials and being like, how are you sure this guy is, is light? Are you sure you should have given oh this guy? God. He's terrible uh, at flying so much so that the flight instructor uh, called about it. 
uh, to the FAA. But again, nothing was done. Nothing was done about any of these these strange occurrences at flight schools nor with the visas. I like to imagine that at the flight school, this Hani Hanjor was just like, um, yes, I would like to know how to fly. To pl- I would. I don't know. Should I do an accent? Is that racist? I don't know. I'll just do a not an accent. I'd like to know. Uh, yeah, I'm, I wanna. I wanna learn uh yeah i just want to learn and practice some on how to fly this plane it's like uh yeah sure uh you know uh uh so we'll just do a standard session you know take off we'll we'll show you how to keep her steady in the air and again this is on like cessna's like little tiny prop planes yeah like a single prop uh plane. you know and then of course we'll we'll just uh do some lesson and learning on landing uh no no landing no thanks uh, we don't uh, need it we're landing where we're going we don't need landings yeah so he, he was just like very suspiciously that's how i imagine it just being like uh you know uh we're trying to we're trying to we're trying to do this on a budget no you can cut the landing lessons uh you know, um, not that important i don't know if it's gonna be one of your topics for conspiracy month but um with the malaysian airlines disappearance uh the pilot they apparently one of the pilots was like they like after everything happened and they were like trying to look for clues if it was like an attack or whatever the fuck right um in the in his house they like found a copy of like like flights and like microsoft flight simulator whatever <laughs> the fuck and um in that they like could go back on the last couple flights and it was the exact flight that hmm. like disappeared like one of them literally just showed it going into the ocean wow like so, it was very possibly just a malicious attack that this guy just was maybe like, just hated the ocean and he wanted to fly into it. He was trying, yeah, he was trying to attack the ocean, trying to attack Poseidon. Um, no, that's very interesting. Thanks for sharing that. So it's like same kind of thing where he's just like practicing his bullshit before doing it. right. So, so also in terms of of the intelligence agency seemingly having foresight and doing nothing, the FBI literally assigned. Um, Oh, okay, so so an upper person at the FBI was told by basically the the head of the FBI to basically stonewall this investigation into these you know suspicious characters who they had like you know ad they 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 were not like hidden they had the addresses they like you know they were like proper visas and everything but they didn't investigate them whatsoever but this is why like you know right after the attacks it was like very quickly like released to the public oh yeah we know who did this like we can give you their literal names like you know Muhammad yeah, like- Atta etc. Jesus. Um, uh, but they did nothing to the point where literally someone from the FBI wasn't assigned to this case of these suspicious guys literally until the day of. On 9-11, this what guy was assigned, one of, like, a super junior, like, inexperienced agent was assigned to, like, look into this. So... <laughs> Oh god. So it's pretty clear that like uh you know that there was like knowledge in the intelligence community but it was just either flatly, you know, ignored, you know, so it's it it comes down to, you know, where on the chain of command who who knew what and who was potent, who was uh uh intentionally being like, you know, obstructive and withholding. Which that that that's kind of the whole deal with this conspiracy is like you know, it doesn't take, not everyone involved has to know about it. All it takes is a couple people in power, you know, telling other people to do things a specific way with without telling them the specifics of why. 
Um, right. So, you know, it's very easy for a small amount of people uh, to, to pull something off. Further on lead up, of course, we have sort of the, um, the financial aspect, which is its own whole, like, very strange thing. Of course, you're, are you familiar with short-selling stock, what that means? Um, yeah, that's where you like, oh, fuck. You're, you're basically betting on, I'm not a, I'm no, by no it's means like, like really a, what happened with GameStop, right? Right. You're well, not, I don't think exactly. I'm not a hundred percent sure. So I won't say for, I, I won't say anything definite, but it, it's basically, uh, and again, I'm, I'm no, in no means a professional or, you know, sure. on, on the topic of uh, stock market, but it's basically like betting against the stock market that a specific, uh, you know, stock or company will do poorly. Um, so basically yeah, it's no, like that's gambling. Actually, that's exactly what happened with GameStop. Right. And it like happens a lot with like hedge funds and shit. Right. So, so before nine 11, there were some very key stocks shorted, namely airline stock from United airlines, who of course, uh, planes were involved in the attacks, uh, on oil and on gold, uh, hmm. through the Alex Brown Investment Bank, which is uh, connected to Deutsche Bank uh, out of Germany, the Alex Brown Investment Bank, uh, someone through that shorted millions of uh, airline uh, United Airlines stocks that were then um, the you know, those millions of stocks that were shorted, those bets essentially were split into about 500 separate contracts to 500 separate people, or I don't know if they were all separate people, but 500 separate contracts. And this was only three trading days before the attack. Oh my God. Uh, and like this even like did a, cause a red flag for obviously like, um, you know, this should cause a red flag, but none of this was investigated by the 9-11 commission. Uh, despite the fact that it like three days before the attack, millions of airline stock were were shorted, and of course after the attack, airline stock went down because no one was fucking flying because they were all afraid of you know their plane being hijacked. Uh, and also, of Alex Brown, this investment bank, it was formally run by a guy Alvin Bernard Buzzy in quotation marks Congrad. Uh, who literally he had been the uh, like le- you know form the the I don't know CEO or what the specific term was he was running Alex Brown literally up until around like 2000 which he was then recruited by the CIA to be an executive director what the hell um, also fun to note Deutsche Bank while not literally in the World Trade Center uh, you know business park or whatever. Uh, Deutsche Bank had offices very, very near Ground Zero, and the day after 9-11, the CEO of Deutsche Bank uh, resigns and never, like, for no reason that is ever, like, explicitly given. Hmm. Okay. Uh, That's a lot. Also, out of the New York Times, this is a, this is like a, this is an article out of the New York Times, uh, there was a, a, a San Diego stock advisor uh, came out, uh, attested to the government that um, he had bribed FBI agents for 9-11 info so that he could short stocks. And again, this was not pursued or prosecuted uh, by the commission or the government because 
basically they were like, well, it's not directly connected to the terrorist uh, aspect of 9-11. Therefore, <laughs> it's not relevant in our commission. Okay, right. Um, <laughs> so like, I don't feel like I should be laughing at this, but it's just so insane. Well, no, it's, like, it's just what? so ludicrous that, that all of this was just like done kind of in, um, you know, just broad daylight and 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 no and no one and and again like i said if you bring it up you're 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 a nut you're a crank um and one more thing uh this is after the 9-11 attacks but it feels um it feels relevant the are you familiar with the anthrax attacks austin post 9-11 um not specifically but i'm like vaguely aware of them uh, okay, so... Like, I couldn't tell you any details, but, like... Right. So, the, um, the anthrax attacks uh, happened in uh, just a couple days after the 9-11 attacks. I believe the first one went out on, I want to say the 18th of September. Um, and so... These uh, these were envelopes, obviously filled with anthrax that were sent to um, mainly to journalists, but also uh, two members of Congress. I just gotta say, it's never suspicious when journalists get death threats. Right, right, of course. <laughs> um, and there's still no known, like there's still never been anyone, uh, you know, uh, you know, pinned for this attack. There's, probably uh, Theodore Kaczynski. Yeah, it's probably Ted Kaczynski. Well, we'll get back to Ted Kaczynski, but uh, he he's not he's more of in the explosive explosives, not he is more not of a, the biochemicals. A bomber. Uh, some would call him uh, it's because of his propensity for for universities and airplanes, Unabomber. Uh, but uh, so yeah, there's no 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 one's ever been you know convicted of this, which is crazy considering right. it's like the it's like you know the 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 most widespread like bioterrorism attack in the United States history. I think. Yeah. Um, but uh, it it turned out that these strains of the strains of anthrax that were sent are specifically like uh, were specifically types that had a lot in common with with types of anthrax specifically developed for the military. Uh, and like, oh, I don't like that. this anthrax that was sent out was very like high quality, like, like pure fucking pure, anthrax, huh? specifically, um, done, made in a way so that it very easily can become airborne, which takes like, apparently takes like huge, like industrial machine, uh, like, you know, processing. Yeah. So this couldn't have been someone like in their fucking basement. Like they, they, there were multiple people blamed, including someone who, um, who worked for, uh, I want to say some part of the, um, you know, some part of the military industry, um, like chemical industry, he, there was like some lowly, you know, just random worker who was blamed at first, but like, this is not something that could have just been done. Like, you know, in the basement, this required heavy machinery. Um, and at first Iraq and Al Qaeda kind of in conjunction were accused of sending these envelopes, but like the strains were that were sent were like pretty much exclusively like Western Westernized strains of anthrax. And that also anthrax production was really not, not of this quality was not in uh, Iraq's capabilities at the time. 
Uh, and 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 this is important because it was very much used to kind of heighten the fear and terror around Iraq and Al Qaeda, leading to the 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 dual invasions uh, that would soon happen. So, of course, this further led to uh, a mail crackdown as well as the Patriot Act and the Iraq War, like I said. Specifically, very interesting, the two senators or Congress members attacked through the anthrax attack, Dashiell and Leahy, um, they were apparently at the time very... Um, hesitant about passing the Patriot Act. Of course, the Patriot Act passed extremely quickly after the attacks right. of 9-11. Uh, I mean, even, like, some of the further left people in Congress voted for it, like Bernie voted right. for it. Right. No. Was he in Congress at the time? Um, I'm, I know he voted to re-up it when right. he came up for that, and he said publicly that he regrets that. Right. But, but the, at the time, he, like, felt like, yeah. These two senators apparently had such uh, concerns over the Patriot Act that their colleagues, quote, di- you know, were, were quoted with saying, like, they didn't know how, you know, they were they were unsure, they weren't sure votes either way yet. Um, and these are the two two members of Congress who were, who were sent the, um, who were sent anthrax. Also, like, the that first... That feel like a coincidence. The first anthrax attack goes to a, a, a reporter at, like, the... I'm, I'm trying to remember who, who got... I, it's probably on here. The first one went to, I want to say, The the Sun? Uh, uh, yeah, let's see. The first one, Robert Stevens, who worked for The Sun tabloid, was one of the people attacked. I want to say the first person, specifically that he died from it. Um, and funnily enough, the Sun tabloid magazine, why was this, you know, tabloid National Enquirer type magazine, uh, hit? Well, the wife, like the wife of the owner, I might be getting this wrong, but the wife of the owner of the Sun tabloid magazine Mm -hmm. was somehow either she owned it or was connected to a person who owned an apartment in Florida that one of the hijackers leased before the attacks. What the fuck? This is insane. Like... I mean, yeah, like, obviously, this is, like, the conspiracy theory to end all conspiracy theories, right? Right. You know, but I'm still, like, I, I've never really delved into it. And so I'm just, like, all these little things, it's like, what the fuck? Like, this I know. is weird. This is, like, how is this a coincidence? Right, of course. Like, because most people, when they talk about this as a conspiracy theory or whatever, they're like, well, jet fuel can't melt steel beams. And that's right. the end of their argument. Right. Which, like, so... I got a friend um, who you know who uh, is a PhD student in structural engineering, and for one of his uh, papers for his master's, he literally did a paper on um, how uh, jet fuel actually could significantly affect the structural integrity of steel beams. Right. And like, no, it couldn't fully like melt it, but like, it's enough to weaken it. Right. And so he literally wrote a master's and level paper about what, this. We'll get back to uh, to the to the whole issues um, and 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 theories about the the building collapse. But specifically, I wanted to say that's uh, that's kind of our lead up to the attacks. Um, so any 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 further thoughts with that kind of int- the the lead up to the attacks, and and I guess um, with the anthrax direct aftermath, but. But, you know, kind of separate from the attacks themselves. So basically, like, you know, the basically, you know, the also I wanted to say one last thing about these anthrax attacks. The, mm-hmm. the, the, the notes with these anthrax attacks were very like, oh, you know, death to America and Israel, you know, like Allah will prevail or something like very kind of like boilerplate, like 
copy and paste like jihadist notes yeah, sure sure and also if you look up because like they have caught they like you know scans of these letters the handwriting on them is just awful uh so the, obviously a lot of people think and i think for for good reason that these anthrax attacks were also also somewhat of a uh an inside job to uh further the kind of heightening of the fear and and suspicion you know around the middle east and iraq specifically yeah, but like, I like I I get that I get that that's what they were probably going for. But why go after the two people that would like actively be against the thing that would like give the government more power to stop these attacks? Like, why would those people like? Let's say it was like right. I understand jihadist boogeyman. Right, right, right. Why would you like? It doesn't make sense the message of the letters versus who you're going after. Cause if the two people you're going after are the people against the Patriot act, right. That doesn't make fucking sense at all. It should have gone after every other Congressman. Well, like those two should have been safe, right? Maybe you should join the CIA. Cause they might could use that intelligence. Austin. Fuck. No. You sound like you got a, you got a clever brain there, but, uh, I okay. I don't, I don't like being the smartest person in the room. So that's the, <laughs> that's the lead up to nine 11. That was a dumb joke. Yeah. It's all right. That's the lead up to 9-11. That's the lead up. That's 9-10. That's a 9-10 when Limp Biscuit won the music video award for Roland, which was filmed on top of the World Trade Center, as we've previously discussed. That's real. If, yes. you, if you haven't heard that episode, uh, look that good. up. Yeah. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. I pledge no allegiance, nigga, fuck the president's speeches I'm baptized by America and covered in leeches The dirty water that bleaches your soul and your facial features Drowning you in propaganda that they spit through the speakers And if you speak about the evil that the government does The Patriot Act to track you to the type of your blood They try to frame you and say you was trying to sell drugs And throw a federal indictment on niggas to show you love This shit is run by fake Christians, fake politicians Look at their mansions and look at the conditions you live in All they talk about is terrorism on television, they tell you to listen, but they don't really tell you their mission. They funded Al Qaeda, and now they blame the Muslim religion. Even though Bin Laden was a CIA tactician, they gave him billions of dollars, and they funded his purpose. Fahrenheit 9/11, that's just scratching the surface. Bin Laden blow up projects. All right, Austin. Uh, I I feel bad because like obviously this show is normally focused around movies, and I even I literally watched a movie last night and and on this topic but again i want to say this 9-11 movie is really boring but but while we're talking about it i'll i'll i'll, I'll use this 9-11 movie because it is set on 9-11 and is centered around the timeline of that morning um i will use it kind of i'll, I'll talk about the events of the movie as we talk about the events of that morning all right so first off i want to say this movie is about basically a bunch of people who are at one of the towers i think the north tower um on 9-11 and they happen to get stuck in an elevator uh during like after the first plane hits and then they have to try and get out of the elevator before it's too late so basically the the the, the towers collapsing are a ticking clock in this 9-11 movie and again it primarily takes place in an elevator it's very much like that uh m night Shyamalan movie where there's like a evil possessed person and they're all trapped in the elevator it's called devil uh, Wait, is that the one with the jelly side down? Right, that is. That is the jelly side down. <laughs> I've seen that clip just because you told me about it when right. we were in youth group as youths. Yeah. So so you have just some... I'm just going to talk about the characters of this movie. Bad, terrible movie. Charlie Sheen 
is our is our lead ostensibly in this 9/11 movie. He is a banker, investment stock broker guy. Formerly like seems like he's kind of on a decline business-wise because he says at one point I used to have like five floors of this building referring to one of the towers, but now he doesn't. He is at the tower that morning because he, he was meeting his wife uh, and law, her lawyers to sign divorce papers, but they they haven't signed them yet because they didn't agree to it yet. So him and his what him and his wife who are trying to who his wife is trying to divorce him, but he doesn't want to divorce her, uh, are in the elevator. Um, so we've got Charlie Sheen and we've got his wife. Uh, mm-hmm. We've got a young like professional lady who has like a strange like vague eastern european accent and sure. throughout the movie she talks about being like she was there to like break up with someone but like i don't know is die hard well it's like the relationship was never defined and she's got this weird like accent like eastern european thing and she's like popping pills the whole time and it's like i i feel like i, I got weird like mail order bride vibes from her but it's never explicitly explained oh good we have a bike messenger uh, guy, and then last but not least, we have Luis Guzman, who is a like a janitor, or as he puts it, a janitorial uh, engineer, or no, custodial engineer. Nice. Because uh, someone's like, oh, so you're a janitor, and he's like, custodial engineer, uh, and he's Shout he's also Luis. in the elevator, and then in the control center is uh, Whoopi Goldberg, who's like at the elevator control center kind of she's on the mic and she'll she talks to them once they're stuck in the elevator trying to help them and stuff uh also whippy goldberg's in like a shitty like party city tier like afro wig or like jerry jerry curl wig good it's not very it doesn't look good so they're they're trapped in this elevator so that's what's happening in the movie on that morning what's happening in real world well, first off, a shit ton, like, no one was at the, barely anyone was at the White House that morning for some reason, or for some reason. A lot of, like, the the, the administration were, were out and about, namely, um, so who was in the White House? Well, George Bush's brother, Neil Bush, along with Bush Sr., good old H.W., they were in the White House for some reason, visiting. Um, of course, Colin, or Colin Powell, um famous for making the case to invade Iraq with WMDs. He was in Peru for some reason on some sort of diplomatic thing. Uh, of course, Donald Rumsfeld, defense secretary at his office in the Pentagon. Uh, uh, Dick Cheney and Condoleezza Rice were in the White House, at least starting the day. And like you said, Bush was reading to children at a school in Florida, uh, doing a tour of a school in Florida. So timeline. So, first plane hits around 8.45. Uh, hits the North Tower. Um, so, uh, obviously, the whole thing is, you know, the, the widespread thing was when the first plane hit, people were like, oh, was it an accident? You know, that's the thing you hear where people were like, before the second plane hit, we didn't know if it was an accident. Right. But, but like, I, I don't know. I've never been able to, like, understand that point of view because it's like, how does a plane fly into... Uh, like the fucking tallest building in New York. I I would wager that it's not people who actually believe that, but it's people who are trying to tell themselves that in the moment of like, 
no fucking way. That was an accident, right? Like, no one would ever intentionally do that. Right, I guess so. But it's like... trying to just justify it to yourself. Right, well, it's like when I hear, like, oh, it was that first one we thought it might be an accident, but it's like I'm thinking, like, what, was the fucking, like, blow-up doll pilot from Airplane Flying? (laughs) Like, how the fuck do you fly into a building that's, like, the tallest one? (laughs) Yeah, so I never got that. The pilot's name was Otto. Right, Autopilot. Yeah. Uh, so he played himself in that movie, right? So the second plane hits the the uh, the, the South Tower at nine. So there's about a fifteen minute window. Um, so this is Cheney, Dick Cheney. Um, claims at first anyway that he was uh transported out of the White House. Um. After, or I'm, but sometime between the first and second plane hitting, but he wasn't into the bunker, the like presidential bunker or whatever, until ten o'clock. So that it took him like an hour to be transported into the bunker. However, there's like conjecture around this because other people, um, including terrorism expert uh, Richard Clark, who was on the staff at the time, as well as Bush's secretary, say that Cheney went to the bunker almost, like, right away after the second plane hit. Like, there there was no delay. Almost that, like, the Secret Service was, like, forcing him out of the White House into the down to the bunker. Um, other people who were in the bunker at that time say bunker... Uh, Cheney was literally in the bunker by, like, 920. Um, and so, like, Cheney eventually changes his story to more, to say more, oh, actually, I was probably there closer to, you know, 9.30 or 9.20. Well, Wha- Nicholas Cheney was famous for not being able to read a watch. <laughs> yeah, he's just really bad at telling time. Uh, but the reason why people say that, or the, the, the theory is that, uh, apparently Cheney made several calls while en route to the bunker, kind of in this, like, tunnel, you know, area underground. And, and these calls were, like, kept off the record, weren't, like, put into the official, like, timeline. Uh, specifically, he was wanting to do these calls off the record, kind of away from the big, like, national security call going on in the bunker. Uh, namely, he had a call, apparently, with Bush and Rumsfeld, just the three of them, around 9.45. Um, so, so, uh, Rumsfeld is, um in a meeting until about 9 a.m. He gets out of the meeting and is basically like, I'm not sure if I'm, I don't know if he was already aware of the crash and then further updated, but, uh, or wasn't knowing until after, well, you know, obviously conspiracy aside, didn't know until after, but the story is he was, he left this meeting at nine, gets told by an agent CIA aide of the crash, but like Rumsfeld apparently was just like super calm and chill and was just like, yeah, let's just go on with the normal day's briefing. No reason to, let's just do things as normal. Um, to the point where when the Pentagon was hit at, uh, like nine thirty seven. Uh, towards the end of this briefing mm-hmm. he was in, um, Rumsfeld apparently was just like uh, strangely like against the urges of his security, just kind of like goes outside and starts surveying the crash and even is like helping like move bodies around on stretchers, which is like he, he seems very like unconcerned. He's very much like, uh, you know, I'm just going to go outside and, and just check this out uh, to the point where Condoleezza Rice was trying to reach him, but like couldn't get to him despite the fact that he should have been in the office at the time. And there's literally like a, um, period between like 10 30, uh, and like 10 o'clock 
where Rumsfeld is like just unaccounted for for like 30 minutes, like in the official <laughs> report. And so a lot of the, this leads to like, okay, that's the time when Rumsfeld was on this call with Cheney in the tunnel and, and Bush who would have been down in Florida. Um, so, uh, also apparently like Cheney was kind of doing like a parallel call thing. Like I was saying, apparently he was kind of like going in and out of the bunker into the, like the hallway, so to speak, like he seemed uninterested apparently in like this, like main national security conference call going on in the bunker and was instead doing these kind of like parallel small calls with like him, Rumsfeld and Bush. So it does seem very like strange that he's kind of like doing these little side things Further to that point, Bush in Florida with the kids at the school, he gets told about the, uh, you know, first plane, but we there's multiple accounts of who and when the information was told to him. Um, but we do know he was at the school. He got to the school around 845, so just a couple minutes before the first plane hit. Of course, when he's told of the second plane hitting, that's on footage on video of him reading to the kids and a Secret Service agent comes in and whispers in his ear. And then there are, again, similar to, to Rumsfeld and Cheney, very strange conflicting reports of the rest of Bush's day. Uh, he is rushed to the airport and to Air Force One after the second plane. However, uh, he the plane is on the tarmac, so the second plane hits at, like, again, around 9. He The plane, Air Force One, doesn't take off until 10 o'clock. It's just sitting on the tarmac, Bush in his car this whole time until the plane takes off. So a lot of people speculate this is kind of the con the convergence of, of like, um, Rumsfeld, who wasn't on a conference call until 10.30. So between, like, 9.30 or 10 and 10.30, Rumsfeld is unaccounted for, or approximately. Uh, Bush, is, Bush is sitting in his car waiting for Air Force One to take off for some reason, for a long time. Mm -hmm. uh, and Cheney is, like, in the hall outside the bunker. Uh, and this is believed to when they all three were, like, kind of on this phone call together. And supposedly uh, that uh, the, sh the, quote, shoot-down order was given of, like, okay, any plane that's not responding to air traffic control, uh, just for safety, we shoot down. Uh, go ahead. Oh, okay, I'm just, like... For safety, we shoot down. All right. Uh, I'm just going to continue on because, like I said, that movie's boring. The only interesting part about it is Charlie Sheen overacts a couple times. Uh, Luis Guzman's all right. But uh, they're just stuck in the elevator. They all eventually get out except Charlie Sheen, who's trapped in the elevator and dies when the towers fall. And that's the end of the movie. Um, <laughs> let's go. So we've talked to those. So those are like the... the um, the politicians during the, these attacks. Um, so let's talk about let's talk about the towers, Austin. All right. So I've been dying to talk about the towers. Well, then let's talk about the towers. What are what are inside the towers? Um, it's offices. It's you know. It's um. I had a, um one of my culinary instructors. Uh, one of his catering business locations, the main kitchen, was in one of the towers. Really? Interesting. He uh, stopped having it in there after the Twin Tower bombing. That's probably a good idea, of course, uh, in 90, the 93 bombing, yeah. Yeah, 93, it was bombed. He said the kitchen filled with smoke. Um, he said they all like freaked the hell out and uh, 
We're like running down the stairs. Right. Well, that was and, uh, good. Good. Uh, good on. Good. Long term. Good uh, decision on his end. Yeah. So he like, that was like their main their main kitchen or whatever, and he said they stopped having it there. Yeah, we're out. And um, within the next couple of years, that's when he moved to South Carolina. Very, very good. He was like, you know, I think I had enough of it. Right. I, think I had enough of New York. So the main thing inside the World Trade Center, as the name would imply, they were very heavily filled with financial offices. Um, the buildings specifically, at least initially, were owned by the Port Authority and rented out. Yeah, uh, and something funny about that that Chef Mike told us was um, uh, if you had a restaurant in the World Trade Center, you were susceptible to New York City Department of Health and Environmental Control and also Port Authority DHEC. Hmm. So you had to answer to two separate health inspecting agencies that had different standards. Very interesting, huh? Yeah. It's interesting. But apparently the offices were basically like – the, to the point where he essentially, like, bought the World Trade Center, uh, they were leased out by a guy, like, kind of like a, a, a real estate guy called Larry Silverstein, who basically, like, you know, for all intents and purposes, you know, buys the World Trade Center two months before the attack. And he takes out an insurance policy on the buildings. And after the attacks, he gets a $4.5 billion payout. Oh, my God. But where was he? He he apparently almost every morning at the time the attacks happened had uh, he would normally have been in the World Trade Center at those time. I'm not sure. Again, I'm not sure. I, I thought the way I interpreted the, the what I researched, it made it sound like he owned the world. You know, basically like owned the majority of the office space. But I could be wrong and just had some portion of it leased out to him. Um, but essentially, he had some portion leased out insurance policy and a four and a half billion dollar payout he tried to get more money because he was like well there were two planes that hit two buildings so it's like two different things so i should get like two insurance uh payouts but he was normally he was normally there every morning around the time the attacks happened for meetings but not that morning because according to him he had forgotten about a doctor's appointment so he was like stuck in traffic trying to get either to this doctor's appointment or he had left it and was trying to get to the world trade center so just very odd that this guy who always had meetings uh wasn't hmm. there that morning so of course the north plane or the plane hits the north tower at 847 um and this is so this is, gets into sort of the the conjecture about, OK, was this caused by the planes or was this, you know, controlled demolition or some combination of the two? Um, I'm just going to say what the what I researched and we'll come to conclusions later on um, because, you know, I have some thoughts, but I just want to get through these facts right now. So apparently two people in the South Tower, including an engineer, both of these people, the other person, a janitor, who were both witnesses in there for the 93 attack. They hear what they describe as an explosion um, when the when the plane hits the, the North Tower. Um, and apparently, like, they immediately, like, in the basement of this building, find damage, like, that doesn't seem like it could be caused by the plane namely like some big like industrial machine that was in like a part of the basement immediately being like blown to shit uh when this plane hits the tower uh also apparently in the basement uh a person after the noise of this explosion with burns comes like running and stumbling into the basement with like severe burns and the official like uh 
a lot the main report that you get is from NIST, which stands for um, I want to say the National Institute of Standards and Technology. They they're the main ones who did the like collapse of of the the World Trade Centers and the reports on it. Uh, their main, their like, their 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 explanation for this guy with the burns is that jet fuel, tra- like burning jet fuel, traveled ninety stories down the elevator staff to the basement and and burned this guy who was in the basement. That doesn't feel likely, but I don't know enough about the science of jet fuel to argue. Well, I mean, I, I feel like any, th- I, I don't think, I mean, ninety stories is a long way to go, regardless of the substance, but. Just yeah. we'll, we'll we'll continue. So again, the, there are many reports of a so-called explosion um, at this time. Uh, you know when the first towers hit and when the second towers hit. Um, another big point of conjecture, and again, I'm not a I'm not a physicist or anything, but uh, a, a thing brought up a lot is that the buildings collapse when the buildings finally collapse. Um, they collapse at free fall speed, so-called. Where uh, basically, like um, you know, they they are able to build up enough speed that once, like you know, they're basically in free fall at a certain point, and you, and, right. and you can see that on the footage when they collapse that 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 it's very kind of seamless. Once they start going, it's not like a floor by floor; it's just kind of like a complete collapse. But the thing is, like if if these if the buildings collapsed by just the planes flying into them. Um, you know, people say anyway that, uh, that, that if it's just, they're just collapsing from the structural damage done by a plane hitting. Um, so basically gravity alone is causing these collapse because of the structural integrity being compromised. There's not enough energy for a building to, um, collapse at free fall speed, but then also the rubble be pulverized to the degree that it is when it is, when it crashes, because as you see in the footage, it's very much like smoke. Like it's like, it's like, you know, severely pulverized. So this comes in where people say, okay, well there was some aspect of controlled demolition because when the towers collapse, you can see the way the dust shoots out is very much like the so-called squibs, of when there are building demo- demolitions, you know, the cloud there it's the clouds of dust that come out and they're specifically caused by the neighboring like structural support to the building next to the ones that are lined with the explosive. Um, basically they're caused they're 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 pulverized by the explosion and cause dust to shoot out. Um, the official explanation in the in the in the NIST report is that the plane the planes when they crashed into the buildings uh, sheared off the fireproofing on the girders, therefore allowing the jet fuel again, you know, not to uh, not to completely melt the girders, but weaken them enough that they sag, pulling the outside wall into the middle, and then c- triggering like a pancake collapse, where each floor falls onto the other, causing like a chain reaction, you know, floor by floor. Right, a lot of energy is being expend like expended there. The thing is, and what what I saw people saying is the the issue is that that you know when you have a building that's ninety you know ninety stories and above tall, the you know the bottom you know every floor isn't built just to hold up the floor just on top of it. It's built to hold up all of the floors on top of it. So like one floor crashing into the next, um, like shouldn't cause. Uh, you know, all of them then subsequently below it to give way one by one. 
And it's specifically cited that, like, no other building has ever collapsed in this way. Namely, like, people cite the that when, the, when a bomber hit the um, Empire State Building in the 40s, um, it was a fire and it, and it, and it, it was, you know, bad, but the, obviously mm-hmm. the Empire State Building didn't collapse. Of course, you can look at the, the, the terrible Grinf, if you are, you are the Grinfell Tower Fire in England, where it was mm-hmm. like one of the tower blocks in England recent, it was like the last, the last 10 years, almost last five years, caught fire. Mm-hmm. It was super bad, super devastating, not enough fire precautions in the building. And a lot of, um, people living in that low income housing got hurt and, and died from the fire. However, the building didn't collapse itself. It, it caught on fire. And this is like a, a major large building. Also, apparently this is cited as to why the firefighters went into the world trade center and seem, you know, willing to, you know, go up and try to fight the fire because obviously, you know, like they're doing it off of, you know, courage and, and, and it being a bad situation. But to some degree, apparently, you know, they weren't worried about a collapse because, right, because that's not like a thing that had happened before. No, they're not. That's not fires don't often cause a collapse unless it's like an older, a wooden building. Um, and like, you know, so all of this conjecture comes up because it's like people wanting to know, you know, are our buildings this susceptible to to collapsing if hit? And again, I'm not an engineer or a physicist or anything, and I'm just kind of repeating stuff that I found, kind of the arguments for right. the arguments for some amount of controlled explosion. Um, I'm not. I'll talk about my my personal feelings in a minute when we finish. But uh, I just wanted to get those facts in. Uh, then, of course, I, I jokingly mentioned it last time. There's a Building Seven of World Trade Center Plaza. Of course, you know, not a small, bu- a very large building in its own right. I want to say, se- yes, yeah, 78 floors. So you know, of still you know, anywhere but New York City or a major city, it's like a tall ass building. Right. Um, Specifically, there were CIA. There was a CIA office that was not known to the public. That was known to recruit foreign diplomats for like CIA, um, you know, operations, and it was sure. not known to the public and hidden under a alias of another government organization uh, that was never revealed to the public. Very much reminding me of our topic last week with. Uh, Three Days of the Condor and like yeah. CIA front buildings. So that's very interesting. There was a CIA building in World Trade Center 7. Um, and there was also Security and Exchange Commission, the SEC, and I ain't talking about football. Uh, I ain't talking about the Southeastern Conference. I'm talking about Security and Exchange Commission offices in World Trade Center 7. Um, specifically after the attacks, because World Trade Center 7 was completely collapsed as well, uh, a recovery team was sent in to get these SEC hard drives, and they found evidence that there were, there was, uh, illegal transfers of, like, stock and information literally right up before and during the attacks, um, almost like knowing that the planes would hit. So this goes back into all of the short selling and seemingly like economic uh, stock market foresight that some people had about the attacks. The issue with World Trade Center 7 is that seemingly like, you know, the big the big conspiracy is, oh, how did, you know, two planes take down three towers? Um, and again, the, the it, World Trade Center 7 is not initially included in the in the report, the initial okay. report. 
Um, and ultimately, with the NIST report and everything, the 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 way that it is explained is that World Trade Center Seven had inadequate fireproofing, and basically, uh, that debris from the World Trade Center main two towers uh, caused World Trade Center Seven to collapse. But like World Trade Center Seven collapsed like very far after the fact of the other buildings. It collapsed. I'm trying to remember. How how long after um, the collapse? How long after the north the two towers fell? I want to say, like at, let's see. Uh, yeah, it wasn't until after like both towers collapsed that World Trade Center Seven, you know, caught on fire from the collapse and then collapsed on its own. Um, and it also it it World Trade Center Seven also collapsed at 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 free fall speeds uh mm-hmm. and um the p- penthouse collapses initially and then the rest of the building kind of all at once and it's bo- reported that that basically a single column failed and that led to um that led to the collapse however if a single column failed it said that it would have led to a progressive slow collapse kind of like one floor by one floor kind of just like you know falling into each other then the stress of that fall kind of slowly causing the next floor to collapse so on so on and not like boom the whole building down you know in 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 less than 20 seconds so that's that's the kind of uh that's the kind of uh conjecture about the towers and world trade center seven also fun to note that um that the steel from the world trade center ground zero was sent to china and melted down to be used for for other things so very interesting that they're just like all right let's just get rid of this send it to china like no sentimental value which like you know like i guess whatever but like holy shit that's (laughs) right (laughs) what the fuck that's wild uh uh the one of the popular conspiracy theories in terms of if it is an explosion it's often said uh that it was probably a thermite if 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 it was this is the theorized that thermite was used because thermite obviously an incredibly hot burning thing is specifically used to melt metal um you give it a little spark and it'll go crazy specifically the dresser company who had a connection to the bush family like economic connection to the bush family had recently patented a type of micro thermite that was potentially used namely like the the debris afterwards had like elemental you know contents that that matched the makeup of 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 what goes into thermite and Mm -hmm. another another um thing you know people use to support the thermite theory is that um the rubble of the buildings like of ground zero was hot for a long time and i'm not talking days or hours i'm talking months like this rubble like was hot for months how is that like so what's another explanation has anyone offered another explanation besides that or is it just like people just kind of ignore that if they don't believe or what i mean i i I saw that people were like, oh, it, it was just continual like jet fuel fires, but again, that would burn out. It wouldn't just go forever. I, right. I I've seen, I haven't seen any like d- solid explanation. I'm not sure what like the NIST explanation is or if they gave one, but um, obviously like people say that's consistent with thermite because thermite is like it causes an it needs like it's an oxidizing reaction. So like that the the shit buried would like just be constantly like getting as stuff was like removed and ground zero was beginning to be cleared like that shit could just continually have reactions going on and staying hot for that long of a time 
Um, also, I want to point out that um, literally the black boxes, you know, that are on airplanes that record the information on airplanes um, were destroyed in these in these hits on the towers leading. You know, there's this whole other side about, oh, did the planes, you know, was it were the planes switched out at some point or, you know, stuff like that. But I, I, I do think this is interesting regardless. The black boxes of the planes were destroyed in the crash, but they literally found at the at ground zero of the towers, they found the passports of the hijackers. Like the passports were literally found at ground zero. So okay. Like two Let me just, like just to recap real quick. The black box, which is like a recording a flight information recording device meant to be nearly indestructible. Right. Was destroyed. Right. Right? But two passports, which are a, 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 a book made of paper and some leather, visible and fine? Yeah. Somehow okay. they were cool, found cool, cool. at ground zero. No, yeah, uh, I see nothing wrong with that. So those are the towers. I'm going to quickly go through, because we've been going for a long time, Pentagon and Flight 93. I'll do Pentagon first. The, the thing people bring up with the Pentagon is, first, the part of the building hit by the Pentagon had been an area that had specifically been... Um, let me guess it was like evacuated for whatever reason no but it had recently like within like the last couple of years had been specifically like uh remodeled or re reinforced to withstand explosions not air not obviously not hit by airplanes but like you know bombs uh so it was it, it was an area that had recently been like built to like be able to like get hit basically by an explosion also it's the main accounting and computer server area Hmm. And then the the main thing with the Pentagon people bring up is the fact that the way the plane had to hit uh, the Pentagon is, like, insane. Because basically, the plane, the way that it hit the Pentagon, if you see the footage, obviously the Pentagon's not, like, a crazy tall building. It's fairly low right. to the ground. And the, the plane basically hit parallel to the ground perpendicular to the side of the building meaning that the it came in perfectly straight well the meaning that from the air to the ground to the pentagon the plane would have had to do like a corkscrew maneuver like spinning downward that even skilled pilots have said like yeah i would need to like be able to practice to maybe do that and again, okay, the and the one flying flight seventy seven that went into the Pentagon again was Hani Hanjor, who is the guy that they called the, the the flight school called the FAA about and was like, "Yo, this guy is a terrible pilot. Are you sure he's supposed to be like licensed as a pilot?" And somehow this guy was able to pull off like this fucking like fighter pilot s action movie maneuver with 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 a fucking you know jet plane. This dude had only flown, like, prop Cessnas at flight schools, and yet he's able to fucking corkscrew a jet airliner into the side of this building so that it hits fucking parallel to the ground and perpendicular to the building. So that's kind of the issue with the Pentagon people bring up, is how the hell did this dude pull it off? Also, there from the security camera um, outside of the Pentagon... Um, near the parking lot, there are literally, if you can find the footage and there are missing, literally missing frames of when the plane hits. So again, you know, the whole conjecture with the Pentagon is did the plane hit or at some point, you know, was it 
taken out of the way and instead some kind of blast was detonated at the Pentagon. Similar with Knight's Flight 93, of course, you know, famously, it's the one where the, the, the passengers, you know, fought back and, and, and were able to stop it from hitting, you know, whatever its supposed target could have been, you know, people speculate, White House, Capitol building, etc., but the, the crash site of Flight 93 was literally a small, fairly, you know, nowhere near the size of, like, an airliner crash site, you would think. A small kind of, like, hole, like, shot, you know, uh, smoldering hole in the ground that was smoking. So that leads to a lot of people to think that cr Flight 93 possibly was shot down and that, you know, debris scattered and that what's called the crash site is just where some of the de debris hit. And rather than these flight members heroically taking over the plane from the terrorists and crashing. Um, it instead was shot down by the military. And again, people, people say like, oh, well, they had four planes. Three had hit their targets. They didn't want to go overboard, so they decided to, to, to shoot this plane down. That... <laughs> I'm sorry I don't have much to say. I'm literally just like, this whole thing feels so insane. I mean, I, like, I don't it know is. How I didn't know more about this, you know. It is. It, there's so many strange facts, even that, like, even on their own individually, are just wild. And then when put all together, it's just really weird, strange information that can't help you think, but like question the narrative and 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 at least have some suspicion. And uh, and let's talk about those suspicions in just a second. Now ask yourself who's the one with the most to gain On 9-11 motherfuckers couldn't stand his name Now even niggas waving flags like they lost their mind Everybody got opinions but don't know the time Cause America's been took, it's plain to see The oldest trick in the book is making enemy A phony evil so the government can do its dirt And take away your freedom, lock and load, beat and search Ain't nothing changed but more colored people locked in prison These pigs still beat us but it seems we forgetting But I remember 4 September how these devils do it Fuck Giuliani Ask Diallo how he doing. We in the streets, holler jail to the thief. Follow fuck waving flags, bring these dragons to their knees. Oil, blood, money, make these killers ride cold. Suspicious suicide, people dying, never told. It's all a part of playing God, so you think we need them. While being Ashcroft, take away your rights to freedom. Bear witness to the sickness of these dictators. Hope you understand the time, brother, because it's major. Okay, so those are the facts I had. Again. I am in no way a, you know, engineer or or a 9-11 expert or, or, or anything. I'm just, this is very much information I learned through through other sources I consider credible, um, you know, that, that seem to have a track record of, 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 well, of being well-researched and, uh, you know, especially in the realm of, um, you know, the the united states government and its operations um you know military and and intelligence wise but again you know like i said at the beginning to some degree it, it's still taboo to talk about this um and and even even you know not even endorsing or saying this is what i believe but just saying like you know these are the facts that are out there uh you know it's very easy to to get you know dismissed as 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 a as a crazy person when you know it's it's simply just trying to understand the situation at hand because like we've talked about this is a major event that had wide sweeping effects for the last 20 years of american 
imperialism. Yeah. So. I always think of that line in Watchmen, um, like after the Vietnam War has ended, where they're like, yeah, can you imagine if we had, uh, if we had lost that war? I feel like people would have just gone a little crazy, like as a country. Right. And it's like, literally, like, yeah, no, it, I, that's why I kind of equated the two earlier, because it's like, it just caused an insane shift in the zeitgeist. Um, I do want to point out that uh, recently, um, Biden has ordered the declassification of 9-11 investigation and files. No shit, huh? He FOIA'd them? Yeah, it's, it's been an executive order. This was just a couple days ago on the 3rd. Um, he's basically, uh, you know, wanting to declassify the majority of the files. So who knows? Maybe we'll get some more information soon. I'm sure it'll be interesting. Uh, but okay. So where do I'll, I'll ask you in a second, the same question, but I just, where do I stand on, on these attacks and the conspiracy therein? at the very least, I am of the opinion based on everything that at the least that high-ranking officials in the government, you know, Bush, Cheney, Rumsfeld, you know, the CIA, FBI, uh, you know, the, the, the intelligence community. Right. At the very least knew that attacks of this scale were being planned and would happen and allowed them to uh, so that, you know, they could be able to further their use these attacks in the fallout to further their agenda with again, Afghanistan, Iraq, Patriot Act, expanding executive power, basically all of the right wing neocon, you know, warmongering that, that they were want to do. So at the least they allowed, they, they had knowledge and they could have, if they really wanted to prevented these attacks from happening by being, by, you know, interfering Again, we have one of we have the biggest military, the 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 most you know the strongest and most the biggest military by far. Yeah, and most the strongest and and most you know informed intelligence agencies that are constantly stopping shit like this. Uh, so yeah, at the least they let this happen to further their agenda. At the worst, and I, and and again, I'm still just because I'm not qualified in stuff like engineering or physics. I'm not immediately going to say, oh, yeah, of course it was uh, – there was some element of demolition and, and, and explosion and it wasn't just the planes. I don't feel confident in being able to say that just because I'm not like someone who is well-versed in, in, the, in the, uh, the facts of uh, the science around that. But I certainly think there's a lot there to at least consider and to think about and to and to question even if you're not fully you know believing that oh it's not just the planes there was some amount of you know specific government or intelligence you know action to for you know aid in the attack or or facilitate the attack um i at least think that it's worth discussing like we've done and mm -hmm. worth thinking about even if you don't believe it so at the at the bat you know at, at, at but again at the very least we allowed these attacks because they furthered our agenda and we allowed thousands of innocent lives to be lost uh so that we could justify invading countries in the middle east and taking away citizens freedoms and and, and privacy in this country yeah like it all, it all just kind of points to that. So you're of you're of a similar opinion. 
Yeah, no, I mean, I don't see how, like, I, I don't know how at this point that I couldn't be. Right. Well, yeah, anyone, anyone who's familiar with the history of this country and our government and our intelligence agencies and military, I mean, everything from, you know, everything from, from our, from our founding and, and, you know, the founding of our government to protect institutions like slavery all the way up and through, you know, our collaboration with, you know, former, you know, Nazi officials through Operation Paperclip after World War Two, right. through obviously everything in Vietnam and Cambodia, uh, you know, all of that. Advent holiday in Cambodia. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's just, you know, the Gulf War. I mean, we're just, we've been involved in so much shady shit, terrible shit that has put lives either formally lost by collaborating with some terrible person or causing life to be lost in, in order to, you know, basically maintain hegemony uh, and power over the world. So it is n completely 100% believable that we in some way either at least were ambivalent to these or not ambivalent but like you know almost welcoming to these attacks happening for those you know neocons in power that knew that had the top top people like rumsfeld cheney right. and bush because they wanted to further their agenda yeah it's like it's like i don't even i don't necessarily believe that that america like caused these attacks you know right but they knew about them and didn't do anything about them and that's just as bad right of course yeah it's still again thousands you know, quote, of american citizens dead to quote um you know my my boy peter parker uh if you have these powers and people get hurt and you didn't do anything to stop it they happen because of you sure which one is that from that's in uh civil war okay when uh stark meets him for the first time and stark's like why do you do this and he's, like, explaining himself. Why do you do this? Well, the U.S. government, the military-industrial complex, has given a subsidy to this film studio. <laughs> well, yeah, that's any movie that features the U.S. military. Yep. So, yeah. Uh, so, I guess that's... That's 9-11, huh? That's 9-11... So at the very least, we're just telling you, obviously, don't like just use the, don't listen to this podcast and now think that you're like, you know, in the complete know about 9-11. Yeah, you're not educated, you know, you're like no. secondhand educated, like, you know, do your own research, obviously, form your own opinion. This is, this is your two parasocial, not real friends on the internet telling you, hey, there's a lot of weird stuff about 9-11, you know, look into it if you're interested if you're if you're interested in 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 you know the this government and the terrible things that it does uh consider looking into that and uh consider next time you hear about you know 9-11 conspiracies don't write it off as just nut jobs literally recently spike lee is making like a movie or a documentary or a series documentary series either a documentary movie or series about the attacks and he was going to include like a section about like 9-11 conspiracies and he was literally like pressured by the backlash because he said it in a in a like an interview that about like that was included in the in the documentary and he literally mm -hmm. got so much backlash that it's being removed and i just think like what's the harm in and at least like you know considering it it's not killing anyone further it's not just you know the only way it's it, you could almost argue you know 
forcing people to stay silent about their concerns over the facts of, of this attack is almost more disrespectful to the victims than it is just to say, oh, well, well, that's what that that's that. And what they said is the 100 percent truth. And let's never think about it any further. Yeah. Like no, that's almost right. like if, if you really care about these victims, then, 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 then you should be you should want to know all these details and want to know, you know, was there ways the government allowed this to happen that they could have, you know, prevented and saved thousands of lives? Yeah. And like, yeah, exploring this won't save any lives, but like it's it kind of reveal. It's like it becomes it's integral to like a bigger picture of understanding how shitty our government is. Right. And like if, if we had more people like looking into this kind of thing, it's like then you got more people turning and looking more critically at the government and its operations. Right. Then like that's not a bad thing. I think any, you know, any any critical thought or view of the government, you know, obviously from a from a good faith and uh, and a reasonable perspective, you a know, logical and well researched you know, perspective. QAnon, mole children, notwithstanding. But again, like I, I think we've mentioned this in the past, a lot of the QAnon stuff kind of like skirts by, like almost like accurate stuff. Like, yeah, I'm, there's no doubt there's people who are like pedophiles and shit, but it's just the fact that they're willing to go, okay, no, only the people we don't like are pedophiles. Uh, Trump and all these people we do, we do like, you know, they're totally innocent and amazing. Uh, it's like their cognitive dissonance of like, oh, these people are good, but these people are bad. But you know, if, as long as you're doing it in like a good faith, especially if you're coming from this kind of like left wings perspective of like seeing how it's been justified to like, you know, send you know further american imperialism abroad and and you know the basically right wing you know crackdown of rights at home i mean i think it's definitely worthwhile to 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 talk about research and consider all this stuff again i'm going to link you know some of the places and sources i i i read for and listened to for this episode in the show notes um so please, you know, don't just take our word for it. Go and learn about this stuff yourself. So, you know, this has just been a, a heavy fact, heavy episode, but I think it's, I, I hope that it's as interesting to all of you as it, as it was to me finding out about it all, um, as well as you, Austin. Yeah, no, I appreciate the education. Again, just, you know, just consider learning about it. Even if you don't believe it, it's, it's always good to at least you know, have a critical view of, of these major events that, like we said, have caused a downstream 20 years of, of right-wing conservatism and, and war, you know, warmongering. So, sorry that this episode was, was pretty fact-heavy and serious, not as many jokes and riffs, and, and again, we kind of, I kind of just you know let the, fucked off with the whole movie thing because again that movie the only reason to watch that movie is like charlie scenes overacting and i'm sure you can find that on youtube uh just don't it's not even funny or bad in a good way it just it's it's crap and it's obviously just filmed in like a shitty studio in california so don't worry about that just go to these some of these sources we give and and, and look into some of this facts for yourself uh join us next week on conspiracy month where I we will be I will be telling Austin about the Oliver Stone movie JFK, which details the JFK mm. assassination and the um, the, the obviously conspiracies involved with that, and we'll be using that movie as a framework 
to since it's a very I've I, I've heard I haven't watched it yet, but I know some about the JFK case, and of course you t- we talked about it a couple weeks ago. Um, uh, the movie is very good, apparently, at kind of uh, uh, a, a concise, kind of quick, you know, uh, I don't know starter, so to say, in terms yeah, of yeah. a lot of the JFK uh, details. And so join us next week for that as we continue Conspiracy Month. Uh, any final thoughts, Austin? Oh, just you, you run it. I don't even uh, run about it. Well, um, in, until next time, uh, okay. every day we pray. Well, well, Rumsfeld is dead. That's one out of three. Honestly, if we can get Cheney and Bush in the next couple of years, that'd be great. I'm surprised Cheney hasn't gotten COVID. It just seems like something that would happen. Cheney, Cheney has literally had like four heart attacks in his life, That's and he's true. still alive. I'm pretty sure he has like a fucking cow's heart at this point implanted because uh, his own heart's fucking dead. Uh, so, yeah, remember, remember all this we're talking about uh, next time fucking Ellen's at a baseball game with George Bush. Anyway, God. until next time, uh, George Bush did 9-11. Goodbye. Generals gathered in their masses Just like witches at black masses Evil minds at plot destruction Sorcerer of death's construction In the fields of bodies burning As the war machine keeps turning Death and hatred to mankind Poisoning their brainwashed minds Oh, 